Hello, friends. Welcome to or welcome back to a Runner's Life podcast. We are joined in the fourth roundtable discussion with Black Jesus, PK, <laughs> CJ. We've got David Goggins himself, Rob Jackson in the house. I'm, I'm surprised he's not at the gym right now. He's brought his training partner, Hannah, with him today. So, Hannah, thank you for joining and uh, like creating some order in this madness. So, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So just to give a little bit of an introduction, yourself and Rob have been training uh, hard for Berlin Marathon. And I know you've got a special goal in mind. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I do. I am hoping to hit the U.S. Olympic trials qualifier time so that I can go to the marathon team trials in February. So what's the uh, time that you need to hit? Two hours and 37 minutes. Smoke. That's the smoke. (laughs) That's the smoke. You don't need to put time on it. You've you've called the time, so we know the time. (laughs) It feels like... um, an ambitious goal but i'm i'm close enough that i know i would have regretted not shooting for it so um yeah working hard and hoping for best possible outcome in berlin and how are you feeling going into the last week um i was talking to robert about this on saturday i feel like in taper you have more downtime and you you know you start to go over all of your training and i think that everybody starts second guessing where they're at as you're heading into a race i think no matter where you're at Um, so like in my head, I know that like I had a solid training block, great workouts, great long runs, um, thankfully no issues during it. So I feel really good about the work I've done, but I mean, those race nerves are setting in like they do for everybody. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I think I want to, before I pass over to Rob, because I want to get his like taken, like how you guys work together. I've got to ask a really important question. Rob disclosed that he wears clone during the races. Does Rob wear clone during training sessions as well? I don't think so. Not that I've noticed. Maybe he needs fancier cologne if he is. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. So look, I'll spray it right before a race. By the time I see her, it's like eight, nine hours down the road, and I'm not in my work clothes, so I'm just in my stuff. So no, nah, she won't. She wouldn't be able to smell it. they put me on blast that's crazy (laughs) that's wild we will give you some context we were talking about like essential bits of like running kit that you need for a race and obviously you know you've got your like uh, specific bits of kit and then rob went through this list at the end we were none of us expected this the clone came out the end we're like what (laughs) where did that come from i know hannah has to have the pockets Tell him, Hannah. Oh, my, yes. Number of pockets. Like, I need lots of snacks when I run, so I got to have all the pockets. Wow. See, girls girls get the best stuff, though. Guys don't have, like, the half tights with all the pockets. Like, well, I got to run with the back pocket that only holds maybe, like, two or three. But, like, the zipper gets stuck sometimes when you're running, and you got to reach behind you. And then I got the slim fanny pack that you can't see on in the race. But she got all these pockets. I'm running next to her. I'm getting jealous because she can just <laughs> slide. <laughs> it kills me. I'd have to CJ, CJ, you need to work with Nike on, on designing us a uh, pair of half tights with enough pockets, man. I know you got that plug. You know, I, I'm going to have my people, you know, talk yeah. to the Nike people, and we're going to yeah. see if we can get that, that situated. Yeah. I, I think um with... Re Zach is working on some new half types. 
that because the last ones I wore in Chicago last year, they had two big pockets. Like I could fit all the gels and my phone in the pockets. And comparative to Nike, they're literally just as comfortable, if not a little bit more comfortable, because they're they weren't as tight uh, when I wore them. So send a pair. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. All right. I think it's a good point though about uh, especially the half tights because I know District Vision had a one a while back where they had like all those pockets for the gels. But it's quite hard to find something that doesn't look ridiculous. Like you don't look like you're Batman with like a utility belt around your waist, <laughs> but you want to be able to get stuff as well. So it's hard to actually like to get the balance right. I'll say at the beginning it probably looks funny because I have like three gels shoved in the like side pockets of these shorts, but then through the races I eat them, then you know looks normal at the end of the race for the finished photos so yeah so do you use gels or do you use like uh, drink mixes um i use mostly gels and then i also use cliff blocks um okay. like the chew like fruit snacks essentially ones um i have not done much with liquid fuel yet just because most races i haven't had like bottles or something like that and i don't like carrying anything so yeah. i just do water on the course and then gels and blocks I feel so bad saying this now. Did you know that in Berlin it's probably like the one of the only races that not elites gonna have, have water bottles? I did know that, um, okay. but I, I haven't practiced with okay, any of them, enough. so I'm like, we're not gonna change it up for Berlin. We're gonna stick with with what's worked in the past. Yeah, don't don't Smart. mess up. No, don't. Yeah. I don't want to be like I don't want to be that guy. Like I that messed up because you listened to my bad advice at the end. I had a race, um, one I did in the spring. I was able to register as elite and got bottles at that race, which on the one hand was like really cool and kind of nice but then on the other hand it was like a new element so it was almost more anxiety inducing to have to like plan for bottles versus just using the water on the course but um we'll see maybe down the road i'll have more opportunities to practice with some liquid fuel oh from this point on you're gonna be elite so we just need to start <laughs> practicing like that tell matt to get out there with the bottles or i'll carry the bottles for you at this point so i can get the clout somewhat perfect <laughs> Did Rob actually say in June training about carrying the boats or was he, did he make that up? Oh, no, he said that. See? <laughs> I told you. They made this <laughs> Fact check, man. This is the fact check episode. This is the fact check episode right here. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> that is like, it's all true. Yep. <laughs> no, I mean, jokes aside, though, it would really be good like to get an understanding. Like, I mean, you... I guess, Rob, you can take this away if you want, um, just to get like an idea of, and new hand as well about what it's like being on the cusp of like working towards like an OTQ and like what that training block's been like. Can you just do us, give us like a little run through like, like the last few weeks and some key training sessions, I guess? Yeah. Um, it's running over this training block has taken a bigger priority in my life. I would say this is one of the first training blocks where I really feel like I've had to say no to other things I would want to do in order to have the time and be like adequately prepared for um, workouts and long runs and things like that. Just like more time at home, like um, being more careful about like what I eat on a Friday night to prepare for a long run on Saturday, like those kinds of things. So it really is more time consuming just number of hours a week, but also it's taken more like mental capacity to train. Um, I'm also a high mileage runner. So I, for most of this training block have done 90 to hundred miles a week, depending on what's going on that week. 
Um, so I capped out at 105 miles one week. My longest long run was 25 miles, which was kind of fun to get to the end of 25 miles and be like, well, that was practically a marathon. So that was a good like for that, mental boost that I got to the end of that and I didn't like feel like death. So I was like, well, that's probably a good sign, right? Um, but yeah, Robert and I, we work out at least Tuesdays and Saturdays together and then sometimes Thursdays. So our Tuesday training sessions are like the biggest um, like workout runs. So a lot of times those will be a combination of steady states, running at threshold, some speed work in there, those kinds of things. Thursdays are the moderate quality workouts. So it'll be like hill repeats or it'll be minute on, minute off for a certain number of miles. Um, And then Saturdays are long run days. And every other week there's like a workout in the long run that'll typically be some kind of extended steady state at threshold or goal marathon pace. I think it's so cool to hear like you guys are working together. I know CJ's got a question. Yeah. Yeah, I, got, I have a question on that. So how do you find the time to uh, put in that workload of 100-mile weeks? Like, How do you prioritize making sure you're getting in your runs and doing all the uh, other things that's involved with training um, each week? Yeah. Um, I wake up early. Thankfully, my employer is um, – I did reduce the number of hours I work. So I work 32 hours a week instead of a full 40 I have done a hundred mile week when I was working 40 hours a week, but that was like, I mean, it's hard. All I did was work and run when that was the case. Um, I try to do my most important run in the morning. So I'll wake up in time to get it done before I go to work. Um, And then a lot of times when I get home, I just do it the second run, like right when I get home from work or the workout or whatever. So then I still have my evening to, you know, whatever else I need to do, get ready for work the next day, that kind of thing. Yeah, my question is uh, to, to to accomplish a goal like this. Like, where does your passion come from to even want to do like a hundred mile a week or a pound out all these miles? And then, like, how much does it help to have somebody like Rob or a team to work with to get you along to these goals? That's a good question. Um, I I just I love running. Like, I just love to run. Um, and so when I for a long time I ran and like, I've always been somewhat competitive, but like, I honestly didn't think I would get to this point in marathoning. It kind of happened because I love the sport and because I loved running. So I ran more and more, which obviously tends to make you faster. Um, so I think it's just that for me, running is a time where I can really be focused. It's a time when I can really be mindful. So as far as my mental health, like I really enjoy it because it's when I like decompress from the day, just kind of center um, myself. And so from that aspect, like the, the passion side of it is I just love the activity. Jumping it up to a hundred miles a week does take like a little bit more effort. And for sure there are runs where I'm like, I, I do not want to do this today, but you know, you get yourself out the door. Um, but I also just really value challenging myself. And so it's like, this is the next challenge. Like I want to see if I can do it and I don't want to get to race day and be like, Oh, I didn't prepare. Um, so I'm definitely motivated to put in the work in order to do it. Um, and I would say a team makes all the difference in the world. Like my first marathon that I did, I trained alone for, and that was like, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done, even though I wasn't running as much as I am now going out and doing a 20 mile run by yourself is 
hard. And I know there's lots of people out there who do train alone for their races. Yeah. (laughs) So having a team makes a huge difference just because it's people who encourage you. It's people that you get to talk to. It makes the time go faster. Um, And I think for Robert and I, like the amount that we choose to run and that we choose to invest in this sport is unique. Um, And so I think for us, we definitely encourage each other and like, um, you know, we'll, we get to compare miles with each other and things like that. So both from a friendly competition perspective, but also just from straight up encouraging each other, I think it makes a big difference for both of us to like, keep putting in the work. Cool. No. So what I would say is like, I've never been so more invested in somebody else's goal before in my life. Cause like, if anybody asks me about running, like they'll ask me a few things, but then I'll talk about Hannah's goal, things of that nature. I think honestly, that's why I'm not as nervous for Berlin uh, with all the hard work that I put in this time. Like I'm more excited to see her reach this goal. Uh, and it's crazy. Cause like it's, I am like so invested in this. Like I'm already <laughs> talking about when we gonna fly out in February for the trials. Like I'm in it. Um, I will say this time around, uh, I'm not saying like she's she's always been a grinder, but like compared to her last marathon uh, that she tried to go for this, I was injured a lot. So toward the end, toward the middle of that late in um i wasn't there and she's a dog she can she can do it without me like she does not like necessarily need me but i will say that it does have it does help to have somebody that can push you or challenge you and this training block i've been healthy the whole time um so i've been able to push her and challenge her so like on tuesday she said that's our our speed workouts like i'll ask her what we're shooting for and then I'll say you can drive, let her lead. And she, that's probably what gets her every time. She'll roll her eyes at me like, no, you're not going to let me drive. So he I never just, does. Like, <laughs> off. And then but as soon as we click over, I'm like, all right, what'd you get? All right, good, good stuff, good stuff. Like I'm always quick to ask her what her, her time was or did we meet that goal. So I usually – I use the I'll let you drive thing to get under her skin just a little bit. And then I'll be her rabbit, let her like chase me down. But man, like I told you guys before on the podcast, she's cooked me a couple of times and this made me like mad. And then like when I get to the next room and I'm in front of her, I just try to run her into the ground. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be having her cook me like that too many times. That I just can't. So, also, so one of the workouts <laughs> where, yeah, I dropped Rob and our training partner, Ned, and Rob was so salty about it like for a week so we get to the next tuesday and the next tuesday it was like i forget it was like three miles at 80 percent, two miles at 85 percent, and then the last mile was like what you have left with like breaks between those and i remember we got to that last mile we'd run the first five together we got to the last mile he was a little bit in front of me but not much and he kept like picking it up and then I kept picking it up and we got done with it and he I'm pretty sure he called me a gnat he was like man you're like a gnat you just wouldn't go away he was like I just kept trying to drop you and I was like well sorry I'm still I'm still right here just like five uh, steps behind <laughs> yeah there was there was one workout man like I, I I felt great like I thought I was cooking her like 
I'm killing, right? I get done. I stop the watch. And like five seconds later, I feel like she's like right there. I was like, what? I was like, I thought I dropped you like a while Because like, I couldn't see her. Like I had a lead, but I didn't. I had a big enough lead, but not too big of a lead. So I couldn't see her in my peripherals. Like when I was looking, I was like, oh, cool. I got her. Like she's struggling. Like I'm cooking her. And then I stopped. And I like I'm got my hands on my knees. I turn around, boom, right there. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So every I don't let up. I don't let up on her. Well, when I got the lead, I try to go. But at the same time, that's like pushing her. Like, it's kind of like with me, and my brother growing up. Like I would try to push him as much as possible. Uh, so I mean, we got that relationship. Her and I, like when she's got the lead on me, she definitely don't let up either. So uh, I like I like our duo. I mean, I think we make a great team. He definitely brag when he cook you, Hannah. He'll he'll post <laughs> one of his runs or whatever, and I'll be like, "Hey, man, how you feeling? Oh, man, it was great, man. I I cooked my partners in, in, on the run. <laughs> He's lying. He's lying. I cooked them. <laughs> I cooked them today, man. Normally, you know, yeah, he definitely will put it out there when he do. Oh, I know when he, he does. Cook. Yeah. Oh, he's he's lying. <laughs> I cook man. I cook I think we need to we need to get like um our own independent like verification of this stuff happening to this. Hey, we're gonna go live. I'm gonna live stream it. I'm gonna live stream the next workout. But I don't, I love hearing these kind of stories because I think especially at you know when you're going from sub elite to elite levels, I think like there's that competition element that I think people try to pretend isn't there, and I think it's healthy to be there. I like even when you looked at say the press conference the other day with um, Jakob. And the goose, I, I love that kind of stuff because I feel like you need it for the sport. And I, I think as long as it's healthy, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than trying to pretend it's like, oh no, you go first after you. <laughs> it's like it's not like that. <laughs> You're not trying to like hurt your training partner, but you want to beat him. You know, you, you want to like push him. You want to give him something to think about. And I think to try to pretend that we don't is just like, come on, we know it happens. Oh yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a level of competition between <laughs> oh, us <yeah. laughs> for sure. But um, I'm so excited to see like um, how you get on in Berlin, and hopefully we can like resume the conversation post race and uh, just like do a little debrief as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. I know I spoke a little bit about the Diamond League. Was there any other performances, the World Champs? Like, which ones kind of spoke to you? I guess. I was I was super impressed by the women's hundred meters and uh, that Shakari Richardson won just because I was like I was like she was behind she was behind at the start of a hundred meters and she like made up ground in a hundred meters and that was just mind blowing to me I was like that is amazing like that one was so fun to watch and just um, yeah she's just got like a lot of drive and a lot of fight and I, it was it was awesome to watch that race. The thing is, especially with like 100 meters, like even if you think about like uh, middle distance as well, like there's not a lot of time to make up lost ground. Whereas in a marathon, I'm not saying you can like have a shower, have a cup of tea and just like resume where you were. But like you, you it's, it's a little bit more forgiving than 100 meters. Yeah. Like in a marathon, you have time to recover from a mistake, a bad, you know, a bad spot or whatever. Like 100 meters, like you got to be like on it the entire time it's yeah so it was a wild race i want to go back to you and rob actually in terms of the mindset so obviously you can have runs that go well some runs that don't go so well can you talk a little bit about like how you manage that kind of process because obviously you've got your goal of like i've got to go for this goal this time 
but then how do you kind of keep the joy in it and like how do you both like keep each other in check like during that training block you want to go first or sure um i know from my mindset it's it's been different training specifically for the OTQ because this is the first time that I've had like something else attached to a goal time. So I've gone into races before, you know, hoping for a ballpark time, a PR. Um, and this one would one be a big PR, but then two, there's also something that really cool that comes with it, you know? Um, and so in some ways that's more, it does feel heavier. Like it does feel more significant. I think it's more stressful than other races that I've trained for. But then at the same time, I'm like, it just feels amazing to be in a situation where I get to train for that goal. Like that's, that's really cool. Cause I didn't, um, it wasn't something that when I started running marathons, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to shoot for this. It just kind of came as I um, continued with the sport. Um, but then as far as mindset with a big goal like that in mind, it is, you have to be really intentional when there's a bad run or um, a bad workout, I think, because you can't let your emotions get tied up in that and get discouraged by a bad day. Um, so a lot of times when I have a run that's not great, and I mean, I can think of several from this training block where I didn't feel good, the times weren't what I wanted. Um, I try to look at those and be like, okay, what was in my control in this situation that I can learn from and I can do better next time? Um, and then what were the elements that were maybe out of my control? Like, well, it was 90 degrees with 90% humidity that day. Like, you know, there are certain elements that it's it's going to be a harder run because it the weather was bad or um, it was a really stressful day at work or whatever it might be. Um, so I think to keep myself positive when there's a hard run as I try to look at it, say like, what can I learn from it for next time? And then we're just going to move on from it. And I can't like dwell on the fact that that wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah, to add on to that, like with me, I try to find like the silver lining in some of those bad runs or uh, days I don't have the energy. So, you know, with the amount of running that we do and just in general, um, you're not always going to have the energy. You're not always going to have the juice. So my goal is to give 100% of what I have that day. So if I only have 60%, and I give 100% of 60%, I still gave it my all that day. Um, it was the week before the taper. Like, I had, like, taperitis. I feel like I did not – every run that week was hard. Like, I did not want to run. I was like, forget this. Like, I'm over it as far as, like, I just – it was like going through the motions. But like I said before on here, like, going through the motions will get you a, a very far in running because all you got to do is put in the work. Um and if you do some effort, that's it'll get you. You'll still see progress. But um, so I try to give a hundred percent of what I got that day. Uh, but I mean, to be honest, so outside of the two bad runs that I had on Tuesday, and she done, and she made sure that I knew about it. Um, when I do have a bad run, I try to make up for it eventually, like on that Saturday run, and like crush my long run. Uh, or the Thursday run, I'll ask for another high quality. Because our coach, he he does moderate quality on Thursdays. Um, but he he's talked to me before about having two high quality days. So sometimes if I'm not happy with Tuesday, I'll make uh, Thursday another high quality day. Uh, so I usually get back because I, 
I don't dwell on it, but I'm like, all right, uh, I wasted a day here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it back on this day. So and then I just move on throughout the week to that day, and then I attack it. Uh, yeah. So anytime any setbacks occur in training, you know, it's it's great to have it because it can happen in the race. So it's great to try and get a feel of how you're going to deal with the adversity that most likely will occur in the race. Hopefully it's minor adversity, um, not something that can truly derail your race. And with training, I mean, even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Like, you know, train, bad runs are going to happen, but we know, and we talked about this in the uh, first couple episodes that uh, the training and what happens on race day is just the accumulation of your entire training block and all the running that you've already done. So, you know, it's things to take away from that run to where you can use that to improve the next run. Like Rob, like come back, come back strong the next time. Pay a little bit more attention to something that you did wrong so you don't do it again. And that's the mindset that I take, especially when it comes to any runs that I'm like, that was just not my best day. I was at 60%, but I, you know, I gave 100% of that 60%. I think some days it's like that, isn't it? You, you just have to give you 100% of 60% and just be like, that's what I had on the day rather than trying to like kick yourself. We, we all know um, like a marathon block is hard work. Like you're not going to feel great all the time. Oh, I will say this during the block, I've had one, I had one bad day and it's because it was a Tuesday. I did not, it was our hard practice. I did not feel like running. I found out she ran in the morning didn't tell me or invite me i was i ran that workout so bad because i did not want to be there i just wanted to be at home on the couch and i remember letting her have it the whole whole practice I, I could be doing this workout i could be running my easy run with you but no somebody didn't invite me so i was just whining the whole practice but she came back uh with cookies that she made for me uh so she she got points back so she's the cook. She's a little baker on the team. She always hits me up. Uh, she always uh, gets me some baked goods. So I, I let her slide. But I was really heated. Like my coach, my coach knew, and he was talking to me as if she was about to run practice. And then when he, when he found out that I didn't know, he was like, "Oh, hey, I was hot." <laughs> <laughs> I love that story, man. I th- PK, were you about to say something? No, I was just saying it's important, like like what she said, for like training on your, you know, days. I ain't gonna call it a bad day because if you get your, you know, if you get the miles in, it's not a bad day. It's actually like a learning experience. So, but it's it's also important to take it as what it is. It's, it's that one day, and even the good days. I mean, you can hit all your times and hit your paces and on that day, but come race day, it may not be your day. And so you might, all right, may not be your day for three miles, four miles. And you just got to, the effort you put into it and just stay with it. And then maybe it'll come back. But you never would know that unless, you know, on the days where you wasn't hitting them paces and you didn't have it, you know, your A game and you just gave up. So race day come, you would do the same thing and give up. So it's important, like on those days where you're not feeling your best is just to give out the effort and then, Days where you are feeling your best, you know, same thing. You're hitting your pace and you feel good. But ultimately, you want to do it on race day. And to be able to do it on race day, you've had to experience both sides of it to where 
on race day, it all come together and you uh, you hit the goal. I was thinking, like, when you're in the race, so you're running together, Hannah, Rob, um, are you are you both talkers? Or are you, like, is one a talker, is one an encourager? Are you both silent runners? Is there, like, a look that you give? Like, how do you, like, motivate each other whilst running? Uh, it really depends on the day. For the most part, though, we do talk. I mean, we have conversational pace, and we be talking – I mean, we've—I—I I recall us talking sometimes at like five fifty pace before below. So it really just depends on the day. Sometimes if we're just not feeling the day, we're both quiet, but we'll give each other like a look or anything like that. But we talk for the most. I mean, we talked this whole last run we had yesterday. It was—it makes it go by really fast. Um, we have good conversations. Usually Saturdays is talking about the whole week. Uh, what are crazy with my crazy kids and her crazy job uh, but no it's we talk what's up CJ yeah I just want to follow up on that do you guys talk because a lot of people ask me in the race like how are you talking and, and chatting during the race do you guys talk when you're in the race setting or are you just locked in focused um, during the race uh, I mean I never ran by Hannah in a race besides Actually, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. she, uh, she wasn't talking that day. Uh, I was not. <laughs> there, there was a point where Robert was in front of me, um, and um, this man had run past me and like caught up to Robert. And I think I think you, Robert, you and this guy had met each other yeah. at a race before or something. And they were having a full on conversation. And I was like a little bit pissed running behind them. Like, how is he having a full on conversation? And I'm like dying back here. <laughs> so then I was like, no, I'm just gonna let them like go and have their, their chat. <laughs> yeah. We were, it was at the crim race, my boy Lance. Uh, so we were running and we, I looked down the watch. It was like five 45. I was like, Oh, we were cruising. We were just talking. We was talking about, he said, Oh, I, I have Berlin coming. I said, Oh, me too. And we were just talking, chilling. And then, uh, another dude that I ran with, uh, I, cause I ran in Michigan last year, I ran a marathon and that's where I knew these guys from. So it was, I wasn't expecting to see them on the course. And then we were just cruising, man. Uh, but no, I usually talk, I talk to a few people, uh, you know, you find your groups on the, uh, on the race, you go from one little group to another group and that group's dying down or whatever. Uh, but I've also like last year in Boston, well, this year, Boston, I was a little bit in pain because of my Achilles, so I didn't talk too much, to be honest. Uh, I wasn't in many groups either. To be, I was really just running that one solo dolo, which that's my first time. Now I think about it. I, I had one guy who was right by me for a majority of the time. We talked a little bit, and then he died off, and I was by myself. So I'll say in general, I'm not a race talker, like whether I'm next to Robert or I'm with strangers, whether it's a good race or a bad race, I don't really talk a lot in races. So, man, I think it's, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's disrespectful to talk in a race. Like say what? if you pass someone, wait, wait, wait. right. And if you like, if you go, Hey, Hey, well, how's it going? And I mean, that, that's always just, don't say it. Don't talk oh, to I ain't me. never done that. <laughs> that, that that's, <laughs> me, that's me in a race. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Let's go. <laughs> no, matter of fact, when we was in Michigan, uh, when we ran the crim, we got to like miles, and there was this hill coming. I was like, ah, oh, f. There's a there's a hill, and 
I said, man, and I look at her. She just, she just didn't even, she just ignored me. And then after the <laughs> race, I was like, yeah, I, you just ignored me on that uh, hill part. She said, I was not ready for your negativity. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, my bad. Uh, but shoot, I, that hill, I was not, I was, man, that course, it's a 10 mile race. So you expecting to gun it and you just, I don't know. You couldn't find your groove. Personally, I couldn't find my groove because yeah, like, I agree. You get up to top speed and then boom, a hill. And then you get back top speed, then another hill. Like I, it was a challenge. I mean, I would have liked to run that course before Boston, not technically before Berlin, um, because I mean, building for Berlin, man. Every time I see a hill, now I'm like oh, I don't even care about that hill. Like you know, it's flat and fast. But if I was running, if that was going into Boston, I've been all about it because I've had. 10 times more hill work, but I still had hill work going into it. So it was cool. But still she was, she didn't want to hear it. She zoned me out. It was, it was not a great day for me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's hilarious. But I, I, I hear you though. I think sometimes like words are super like powerful. Like I'm kind of similar, like in a sense of like, I don't want to hear people like around me saying negative stuff. Like even if I'm thinking a negative thing, I, I won't say it. I'll just lie to myself and say something else like I'm strong or whatever. I might not feel like it. I might be crying on the outside, but like I will just tell myself something else. Cause I don't want to like, I just don't want to put that negativity out in the universe and have it come back to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I love the way you just shut that down straight away. Like don't even, don't even finish off that sentence. <laughs> well, I only said, I only said it because it was her. I wouldn't have said that to like a stranger. I'd be like, Oh, let's get this. But I mean, I felt like me and her was on the same wavelength. Like, Oh, we were, we were like not too excited about the race. So like our coach just like told us to do it. So we did it. And I'm like, man, F look at this hill. And then she just, just kept running. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little bit about mindset, but this is quite important for the race itself. Like how do you both like get the balance, right? I guess even when you get into the race, like getting the balance right between trusting technology but also like trusting yourself and racing by feel because we spoke earlier before like how i always just just focus on like what my what the time i watch says and i just go against the markers as opposed to like the gps because the gps is always wrong so i'll let you guys uh, rob hannah you can take away i would say previously like up until my races earlier this year, I would go on feel. So I would go out and um, kind of, you know, after after you've run marathons a few times and after you do a bunch of 20-mile runs, you get pretty good at assessing how you're feeling and, like, can I maintain this for a marathon? Um, so, like, Chicago last year, I looked at my watch at the mile markers, although I actually even missed a couple. Um, so it was a little bit up in the air what my pace was and I just went off feel and it ended up being um, a really good race for me. And it was pretty consistent with like a slight negative split in the second half. So like a great day um, in this spring, I did a couple half marathons and then I did um, a full marathon at Bayshore up in Michigan. And I with pushing the pace to what I need for like the OTQ, I do rely much more on technology because it it is like right on that edge of what feels comfortable and like I can maintain it. And so if I don't have the accountability of my watch, I will slide back a little bit into a pace that's a little bit more comfortable. Um, 
but like the indie mini which is in may here in indianapolis that one was one of the first races i've done in a long time where i was like on my watch and i was like looking at it through almost the whole race um and it actually worked out really well and it was a huge half marathon pr and it um so that was kind of like okay if i'm gonna run these paces maybe i need like a little bit more accountability to myself than just like how it feels um so recently i've transitioned from the feeling side of things to the technology side of things uh with me i i look at the watch uh, i usually look at it like every mile even though i know it's a little off i just like to see roundabout what my pace is and then i go by phil and in general man i like tracking people down so like i'll, I'll pick it up like i'll just pick out a person that's in front of me and I'll use it as my gauge and I'll pick it up, track them down and just go one by one. That's how I usually do it. Definitely at the beginning. Uh, I try not to check my watch a lot within the first two miles just because you're digging through traffic. And I'm not trying to see like a time that I don't like and get real like, oh, man, I need to speed it up because I know I'll end up getting back up to speed. Uh, so I definitely try not to check it too much within the first two miles like i still check it at the the marker but outside of that it's i ch- I, I do a good job of like i don't know how but i usually check it halfway through a mile and then right at the click right around there so i've kind of started to get the feel of like how far a half mile is and things of that nature yeah that makes a lot of sense i think yeah the first few miles are really important it kind of reminds me a little bit of when we were in Boston this year, CJ as well, like how you we sort of like you took it easy for the first mile and then you mm-hmm. know, you sort of settled into a pace afterwards. Yeah, I, I typically like to because the first couple miles is going to lie to you as far as effort, right? Because it's going to feel easy no matter what, typically what pace you start out. Uh, but I try to you know take it a little easy. I'll, I'll glance at it, but just making sure I'm comfortable. I'm not breathing too heavy. That's typically how I like to approach the race. You know, earlier it was definitely more looking at the watch, looking at the watch. But now it's just more how am I feeling? Like, am I feeling good at this pace? When I look down, I'm like, okay, I'm at this pace range. So I'll I'll stick here. I can keep this effort up for 20 more miles. So I try to check in with my body and utilize that more so than the watch. But the watch is a good guide just to keep myself on pace, especially if there's a time goal attached to the race that day. Oh man, you know how I do it. I just freelancing, bro. <laughs> I just go with it. Oh. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will say like, I wanted to see kind of like the mindset for like half marathon, marathon. It's kind of like, I was listening to uh, Hannah talking about some of the half marathon races she had. And I was wanting to ask her, is her half marathon mindset kind of same like the marathon mindset or is it is it different? Is it, you treat them the same or how do you go about attacking the two different races? Um, I, I treat them differently. I think the half marathon is fun. Like a, marath- a marathon is like a challenge, but I wouldn't necessarily say a marathon is like fun. It's fun at the end. But the half marathon, um, I really feel like it's, the last couple I've done, it's like through 10 miles, it's actually not terrible. Like it's only the last three that I feel like I'm like really, really working in a half. Um, and so with a half marathon, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm a lot more likely to like look around, take in like the experience of people cheering on the sidelines, like paying attention to who's around me. Um, kind of like Rob was saying the last half marathon I did, it was like finding the woman who was in front of me and like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to catch her and I'm going to pass her and then like looking for the next one. Um, whereas I feel like a marathon, I have to be a lot more strategic because you know it's a longer race. And if you overcommit in the first half, that second half is going to be, um, very not fun and really uncomfortable. Um, so I think it's really, it's different for me in that a half marathon, it's like fun. I feel like I'm pushing the whole time. It's more of a race and that like, I am looking at the people around me. Whereas when I run a marathon, it's more just about me and like conquering my own goals for myself versus like competing against other people. Um, so yeah, they, they feel different to me. it's interesting you say that though because on the outside looking in i would assume and i'm probably completely wrong here like obviously both are still like pushing an effort and they're still fairly close in pace so they've still got to be both fairly uncomfortable to a point like you're saying and it's it's like getting that balance right you always hear like you know pros talk about like they feel like well my 5k my 10k my marathon face kind of feel kind of similar because you're still pushing an effort so like like you're saying, like it's funny we said that you could relax. But I was like, I was like, what? I was like, what? How's how's this possible? This, this is not adding up. <laughs> <laughs> I think just because it's like, so maybe it's like, maybe it's the same amount of discomfort, but I just know it's for a shorter period of time, right? Like a half marathon feels really short after you've done several marathons, and so it's like, True. I don't know. Maybe it's just because you're uncomfortable for less time, so it feels more fun. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> I know we've spoken a little bit about marathons quite a bit, but I want to sort of end the, the conversation on talking about like favorite and worst race distances. So Hannah, I'll start with you. What's your favorite and what's your worst? Um, the half is currently my favorite. It's like long enough that the race feels like an experience. Like I've said, I think they're fun. Um, and you're really like, I really enjoy the first 10 miles and then just have to push through those last three. Um, I hate the 5k, which I did, Like I started my running in cross country, like when I was a kid and 5k was like the distance. And now I hate them. It's too short. It's over too quick. You're just in pain the whole time. Like I do not, do not like 5k's anymore, but did a couple this summer and I was like, I don't know why I do this to myself. And she won up for longer ones. (laughs) She wins a, she wins a race that she doesn't like. That that makes no (laughs) sense to me. (laughs) They're like the little community, the community runs, right? And a win's a win. I mean. <laughs> it depends. I mean, if it's against your kids, I mean, you can't really claim that one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob, you, what's your favorite and least favorite? Oh, instances? man. My favorite, it's really, I like to go full, the full. But, uh, man, 1A, 1B be the full and half. Right underneath that, though, I like the mile race. Um, I didn't get a chance to run a mile race this year just due to injury. Uh, so next year, I'll be looking forward to that. But I absolutely, absolutely hate the 5K. My 5K time is trash. I hate it. I don't enjoy anything about the 5K. And I just, I just I don't care for it. I just did a 10K this year, too. I don't care for that either. <laughs> I'll stick to half pulls and a mile race. I don't No, nah, I'm not a fan of the 5K. There's no forgiveness. Like you mess up one mile, it's over. 
Uh, the, the 10K, though, you get a little bit of forgiveness. Uh, depends yeah. on how bad you mess up. So that was that was different when I ran that. It wasn't too bad. But like, I do not like the 5K. Yeah, I think I can totally relate to what you're saying. I think the marathon would be, I guess, my favorite distance. But even then, you like, it's just a lot of time to think and the prep to do it. You know, if you don't prepare for a marathon, it's horrific. <laughs> even if you do prepare for a marathon, it could still be horrific. <laughs> so I think you just know, like, it's a long, it's a long time to think. It's like the marathon is like a slow car crash, basically. Whereas like a 5K is like a bang, you don't even see it. And it happens. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyhow, I feel like my therapy now is off my chest now. I'm going to pass this over to uh, Phil. Uh, for me, I'm going to go uh, half marathon, definitely. Like, that was my love before I ever did a marathon. So I go half marathon, uh, 10K, probably marathon, and then 5K. And I hadn't even, even thought about racing a mile. Like, I don't want to. don't see the point in it. It just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't even see the point in running 5Ks no more. So, I don't even like 5Ks. But definitely half marathon and 10 k. I like the distance. It's, I feel like the half marathon is perfect distance. I mean, it's far enough to feel like you accomplished something. It's a distance to where you can run fast. And, you know, I just like that distance. And 10K the same way. You can run fast. It's shorter than a half marathon, so you, you can't make as many mistakes as you can in a half marathon. But it's also – it's not over with so quick, and you don't have to really redline it. I feel like for, like, a 5K, it's kind of like you like you got to, like, redline it because, you, like you say, if you mess up on one mile, then you yeah, pretty much can shoot the – it's over with. So, But with, like, a 10K, I've had – I remember – I think I negative split in my first 10K. My first 10K race, I, I ended up getting a negative split. And it was at a point to where I was at the I was at the halfway point to where you could turn off and do the 5K or keep going and, and do another loop, and that would be the 10K. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I'm not going to hit my time. I thought about making the, the right turn and just making it a 5K, but then I, I stayed the course and took a drink of water and did a Black Jesus moment and <laughs> – Took off, man. And I was able to, I was able to negative split that one. And then I've, I've done the same thing for the like the half marathon. Where the first, for me, like when I'm doing a half, like my checkpoints are 10k. Like if I hit the, if I got a time goal, then my first checkpoint I really want to see if I'm on time is when I hit the 10k mat. And I've had a couple times where I hit the 10k mat and I'm not where I want to be at. And I was able to just keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. Then I get to the 10-mile mark, and now I'm back close to being on par to where now you can figure it out in your head. You say you got 5K left. You know how you feel. You know what an 18-minute 5K feel like. You know what a 17-minute 5K feel like. And now you just got to dig that out of you. So definitely half marathon and, and 10K for me. I love the way you had time to think about that during a negative split race. Who who does that? I don't even know what I'm thinking about during a race, to an like even a five or ten k. Ah oh, man, you gotta have thoughts going through your head, man. Like that's the whole race, and I guess that's why I don't like the marathon. Well, I I don't I ain't gonna say I don't like the marathon, but it's the most challenging because, man, that's a long time to be out there, man. That's a long time to be in your head, and and everything can be going good, and you can get to like. You can be at 20 and you feel like you passed that wall and now you're hitting 22 and you're like, oh, I'm feeling still feeling good. And like now I'm finna go and then everything fall apart. My first time at Chicago, 
I remember going to that race and really didn't even have a go. I really wanted to, uh, you know, defer it, but it was past that time. So I remember going out there and saying, my only goal is to make sure I run faster than Kevin Hart. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Like, cause, man, I was taking medicine the night before and everything. And I remember getting to the to uh, that morning. I just woke up and I was like, man, I just want to go faster than Kevin Hart. I can't let that dude beat me. So then when I get to the corral, you know, you're in the first corral. You see the elites up there, and it's morning, and the weather feels good. So you start feeling pretty good, and you're like, man, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to see what I can do the first 10K. Go out the first 10K, it go good. Now you're looking like, dang, I'm like 40 seconds in front of my splits. I mean, you keep going, you keep going. And then I remember getting to mile 20. And for me, I was having problems with cramping, probably because I wasn't running enough miles. But I used to carry like a little shot of pickle juice with me. And I can remember getting to mile 20 and I hadn't started cramping, hadn't felt no cramps. And I got to 22. And, you know, Chicago, you got that long straightaway towards the end where you just running straight. I remember getting mm-hmm. to mile 22. I took a little bit of pickle juice and I was like, I don't need this no more. And I threw it onto the side of the race course. And I man, I probably went another 800 meters after I threw the pickle juice down and I started feeling cramps. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, man, you got to be kidding me. So the last like four miles was just terrible where you just own off the gas to where you don't cramp but yeah so like a marathon you have a day like that where you get 22 miles behind you and you only got four left to go and then the wheels fall off yeah that's that's horrible man marathons are unforgiving man it, yep. it shows no pity on nobody if you underestimate it but that's why i love it i'm, I'm in the same boat as Marcus. like that's my favorite race 26.2 miles I do like to get lost in my own thoughts. I'll be out there, you know, enjoying the environment, but I'll just be in my own world for a bit and just, you know, keep keep trucking along. It's it's that challenge that I think that just keeps me coming back, even with the, the buildup. You know, it's a challenge in itself. You learn so much about yourself and, you know, building up to races and overcoming those challenges and how you respond to it. So I just love that aspect of it. And then the worst races, the, that 10K, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I despise it. What? Like I had the 10K race last week and it did not, It you, you know, it didn't go how I wanted to go, but it, it was a tough race. It was hot. You know, it was carnage out there as as far as humidity. And then that hill in this race, because it was a incline for miles one through four. And I was like, all right, it's, it's a steady incline. I was like, all right, that shouldn't be bad. Nah, it, it, it took me to the woodshed. And I didn't recover until the turnarounds. I was like, that's cool. You know, I can't stand this distance, man. But <laughs> I'll, I'll get another stab at it next next year. I won't do another 10K this year, but next year I'll look for a flat 10K and see what we got on the course. But overall, it's the marathon for me. Give me 26.2. I remember, uh, I remember talking to CJ before that 10K, and I was like, and he was talking about different strategies. <laughs> and I was like, man, I, I probably wouldn't realize that first, you know, 5K, I probably would kind of get close to it, get comfortable, and then hammer it the last 5K. He was like, nah, man, I want to see what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out smoking and see what happened. And, man, and then afterwards, he, it's funny to just hear how he say it took him to the woodshed. And, I mean, that's what a 10K will do to you, man, if you take it out too fast. You can't take it out like a 5K. Oh, man, I learned my lesson on 10K. 
Yeah, 10K would take you. You would think, like, oh, it's only six miles. I can just hammer it, but mine, nah. The 10K will sneak nope. up on you. Especially on the course like that. It's, it's technical. You you have to back off Yeah, um, if you're truly going for a goal time. But, you know, it's a good test. It's good seeing where the, oh, yeah. where the it, fitness was. It definitely lets you know where you're at. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know people talk about the 5K being hard, and it is a hard race, but, like, your 10k isn't that much like slower than your 5k and you've got that extra 5k to think about how yeah. you messed up in the first 5k <laughs> and how you've got to go and it's like the slowest three miles in your life you're just like man this is just this is not how I've, i saw it going today <laughs> yeah the oh. 10k give me a lot of confidence though like if you can kind of even it out and hold that pace for the 10k then it it automatically make me think i can do it for the half marathon and then, you know, they say if you can do it for the half, you can do it for the full. It's just like we say, it's so much other stuff go into the, the full marathon than any of those other distances that it's, it's definitely the most challenging. And I think it's the most satisfying, like, when you do complete one and you do hit a goal for the marathon. I think that's why it's more uh, satisfying because it's, it's a whole lot that's got to go right on that day in order for you to achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve yeah i agree i, I think like it's very easy to do like a, a strava or a workout flex like oh i did a great 5k or a 10k but it's like yeah but can you do that for a marathon though do you know what i mean like it's the marathon that extra yeah. distance like you you can't hide you can't fake it there's no like That's i do true. my like fast tuesdays it's like you do the log rides you put in the, the time you're not going to do well in the marathon so there's no hiding place not at all yeah, although that positive uh, bombshell. <laughs> so let's let's have a great race in uh, Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Hannah, you're gonna you got to smash it. I know you guys are going to cook it out there. So uh, I know we've talked about racing, but this is why we love it. We love the challenge. And we're gonna have a great time out there. So wishing you a great race. Hope you achieve that goal. I know Rob's gonna do his best to help you work with you to do that as well. So uh, I can't wait to see how you guys get on. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, Thank you. I'm excited to go. I love like the world major races just in general, the energy, like it's like all my people, right? Like all my runners in the same place and it's great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for joining me in this episode. So uh, yeah, Hannah, thank you. Uh, Rob, CK, um, CJ. Yeah, <laughs> 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 he's in Calvin Class. He's gonna go get cologne right now. He's gonna go get Calvin Class cologne. <laughs> I just saw the Jesus piece and it's through me. I was like, what? Okay, yeah, CJ uh, and and Philip. So thank you. <laughs> the cologne. Right, if, you, if you all stay on.